Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. A few years ago, uh, at about this time of year, I met a friend of mine at a clergy conference whom I hadn't seen in some time. And I asked her, how are you? And she said, I'm really tired. So I said, oh, well, what's going on? And she said, nothing much, just that same old four-letter word. So I thought, four letters. So that leaves out congregation. Uh, That leaves out bishop. Um, She doesn't have children, so it's not kids. And finally, she just blurted out, Lent. I'm just not up for another Lent. Well, I mean, let me just ask you, I mean, is it your favorite season? I mean, have you these last few weeks been crossing out every day on your calendar? Just can't wait till Lent gets here. I mean, if you tuck your children uh, into bed at night, I mean, do they tend to say to you, Mommy, Daddy, how many more days till Lent? So what's going on with this four-letter word, this season of Lent, which we're beginning uh, this Sunday? Well, let me change the tone a little bit by sharing with you a poem. And the poem is describing what it's like to say goodbye to somebody who is going off to fight in a war. And the verse, first verse goes like this. When you went away, the leaves began to fall. The blue sky scattered before the clouds, and the geese by the river, thinking winter had come, cried out and fled. And then as the poem continues, the reader learns that the soldier never came home. Here's the last verse. All this was a long time ago, but the wind still blows from the north, and the frost on the walls remains. The colors have not returned, nor the leaves, nor the blue sky, and I do not wonder any longer when they will. All this was a long time ago, but the frost on the walls remains. The poem is painting a picture of the pain of being separated. The poem is saying that it's like winter with frost on the walls when you and I are separated and when divisions are the norm. So this is kind of a tough way to begin Lent by looking at divisions. But I think it's also an honest way to start this season. And I say that because every single lesson that we've just heard from that lectern in the middle of the aisle is all about separations and divisions. I mean, in the first reading, the creation story in Genesis, man and woman are unbelievably divided from each other. And man and woman themselves together are completely divided from God. The passage says that frost has formed on the walls of Eden itself. And you, rem- you may uh, remember those theologians of the 1960s, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. They got it absolutely right when they sang, we got to get ourselves back to the garden. 
Then in the second reading from Romans, St. Paul's describing a huge division, a huge division between condemnation and justification, a huge division between law and grace, a huge division between death and life. And then in the gospel that Ben read for us, it's the one describing the temptations of Jesus, the devil is trying as hard as he can to make a split in the very Godhead itself. The devil's trying to split up God the Father and God the Son. And what you and I know perfectly well is that we don't need to look very far to find these exact same divisions all around us as illustrations of these passages from the Bible. The uh, civil war in Syria has been going on for nine years, and the divisions this morning in Syria between the government troops versus the mixture of domestic and foreign troops that are opposing them has resulted in over a million refugees, most of them women and children. And this past week, uh, the front page of the paper has been showing pictures of little children um, who are freezing. A lot colder in Syria this morning than it is here. Closer to home. Feels as though the divisions between the red and the blue sides of the aisle in the Senate and in the House of Representatives have just never been wider. But what really brings it home are the divisions that are right in here, the divisions in our spirits, the divisions that wake us up at 3 a.m. You remember Pogo saying, we have met the enemy, and he is us. And I've got a friend who says, wherever I go, there I am, ruining everything. I am a walking civil war. There's another fellow who said exactly the same thing with different words. He put it this way, I don't do what I want, but I do the very thing that I don't want to do. Then that same man went on to ask a question, and he said, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Who's going to deliver me from the death that comes from the divisions in Syria? and all the other conflicts on this tiny planet? Who's going to deliver me from the death that comes from the divisions in our politics? Who's going to deliver me from the death that comes from the divisions outside this church on the streets of Manhattan? And when you leave this morning, go around here to 21st Street to the little signboard for our church. There are three panels made of plexiglass. Um, last night, all three plexiglasses were there, and now one of them is missing from a fellow who just lost it and hit one with his fist this morning. Who's going to deliver us from the death that comes from the divisions in our own spirits at 3 a.m. The divisions that build up frost on the walls of our spirits. The divisions, and this is, I, this is heavy, but it's true. Who's going to deliver us from the divisions that end us up frozen in guilt and sadness and being afraid and even having some despair? Then... The person who asks these questions answers them. 
St. Paul says very simply, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God through the one who took all of the emptiness and all of the divisions that you and I brought in this morning and placed them on his own shoulders on the cross. Thanks be to God that you and I, even this morning, no longer have to bear that impossible weight. Thanks be to God, who through Jesus has broken down, as St. Paul puts it, the dividing wall of hostility and has made us one. Has made us one, Republicans and Democrats, men and women, old and young. 155 years ago this week, This work that Jesus did on the cross enabled one particular man to proclaim the reconciling love of our God, the love that has the warmth to melt the frost. On the afternoon of Saturday, March 4, 1865, hundreds of thousands of people were standing in a sea of mud listening to the President of the United States deliver the second inaugural address. The address was given by a man who knew all about divisions. The address was given by a man who had borne the burden of seeing us through the unimaginable hell of the Civil War. The address was delivered on the eve of the conclusion of that war. And 45 days after the address, the president would be dead, killed by a man who was standing in the crowd that day to listen to the address. In the address, the president gave witness to the aching reality of divisions. He said, both sides read the same Bible and pray to the same God, and each invokes his aid against the other. The prayers of both could not be answered. That of neither has been answered fully. After I preached this at the 8.30 morning prayer service this morning, a fellow came up to me and said that he's reading a book about World War II uh, in which uh, there is a little witness by uh, a man in the German army, a Nazi, and his prayers to God for deliverance and safety. But then, in this address, the president turned to the Bible. The president turned to God. The president turned to prayer. He turned to the one who has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. And he ended his address with words that just radiate with healing and hope. With malice toward none. With charity for all. Let us strive on to bind up the nation's wounds to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and children, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and everlasting peace for ourselves and with all nations. With malice toward none and charity for all. That's what Jesus is talking about. And that is what he won, the healing of our divisions through his blood on the cross. So, as we begin this Lent, I want to close and offer a little picture of what it's like for you and me when we're 
stuck in our divisions at 3 a.m. or maybe sitting in the pews right at this moment. And the healing love of Jesus from the cross to today shows up right now. It's a picture that the Reverend John Zoll gave us a few weeks ago right here on the Sam Shoemaker Day. It concerns a fella named Dick. And so let me just give it to you in Dick's own words. He said, I walked up to a payphone and I dialed the number for Alcoholics Anonymous. I said to the phone, I'm an alcoholic. And instead of rejecting me, the woman on the phone said, just a minute, you wait right there. And she sent out a guy named Ed. I actually resisted listening to Ed for a while because I thought he wasn't cool like me. But then I saw his eyes. And he relived the horrors of his past with me. He told me about himself. And then he did something that I learned a great lesson from. He asked about me. He said, what do you do? I said, I think I'm an alcoholic. But he cut me off and he said, no, what did you do for a living before drinking got the better of you? And I told him about my writing. And he actually recognized some of the things I'd written. And he said, that's great stuff. You're very talented. God must really have something in mind for you. So then I just broke down and started crying. No one had said anything kind or hopeful to me in years. And if he hadn't done that, I would not be here sober today. He understood that we don't get anyone into recovery by being tough on them. But we get people here by unconditional love. They're already hurt, and they've already been through enough hell. We don't need to add to it. We need to let them know that there's a place where there's hope. And that's what Ed did for me. After we had talked for a little while, Ed put me into his pinto to get me something to drink so that he could help me taper off the booze because I was now starting to vibrate. He realized I was going into DTs, delirium tremens. He asked, are you going to be okay? I'm going to stop here for just a minute to get some money so we can get you back on track. And he got out of the car. It was a hot day, June the 8th, 1977, in Atlanta. So he goes up to the machine to get his $20 or whatever. And before he can get back into the car, I couldn't get the door open because my hands were rattling so much. And I had just thrown up all down the inside of his brand new Pinto. And the only thing he did when he opened the door and saw what had happened was to put his arm around me. And he said, it's going to be okay. So I don't care what divisions you may have brought into this church this morning with you. I don't care if they're divisions in your relationships, divisions in your job, divisions in your health, divisions in your spirit. This day, this morning, this moment, 
with the authority of God the Father and with the power of the Holy Spirit and through the redeeming love of Jesus from the cross, Jesus is saying right now to you and me, it's going to be okay. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.